You're still listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. You've just heard the 5 p.m. news update. That means that it is time for the big hard fact. From now until 6, we're diving deep into one big issue in Nigeria today. Should family members be required to donate blood for hospitalized patients? Should family members be required to donate blood for hospitalized patients? Last week, the High Court said hospitals should stop demanding these donations. Many locations praised the courts, but others, especially medical personnel, are worried. They say that we have a serious blood shortage already. And now this ban will make it worse. And here's today's big hard fact. Lagos needs between 260,000 and 520,000 units of blood a year, but only gets 100,000 units. This is according to the Lagos State Blood Transfusion Service. That means, at best, we have less than half the blood that we need. But it's probably closer to 20%. And here's an even bigger fact. Of those 100,000 100, units, only about 10% came from volunteers. That tells you that not enough Lagosians are giving blood willingly. So why are Lagosians not giving blood? What are the stakeholders doing to increase voluntary donations? Are these forced donations by hospitals a necessary evil? Or should the health sector be looking at better ways to get more blood? These are the questions and we're going to try and answer them today. Now, I say we because uh, we have a few guests on the show with us today. I'm not alone, as always. Uh, we have two guests with some knowledge of this issue. My first guest is a consultant in the hematology and uh, blood transfusion department of the Lagos University Teaching Hospital, Luth. Her name is Dr. Adeyemo and uh, we're going to get her on the phone uh, as soon as possible. And my second guest spent over a decade in public health as a monitoring and evaluations uh, consultant uh, working for the the World Bank, like I said. He's Chief Andy Obofurebo, and you hear him on the show all the time. And we're going to talk to both of them about this uh, about this particular phenomenon. Now, we're trying to get both on the phone at the same time, and that's why I'm sounding a bit distracted. Of course, you, my listener, are my most important guest. You are my most uh, important participant of the show. And I want to ask, do you donate blood voluntarily? Why or why not? Have you ever had to donate blood uh, uh, for a relative? Have you ever had to donate because a loved one needed a medical procedure? Since there's a shortage of freely donated blood, how do you think hospitals should get the blood that they need to save lives? Dr. Demo, thank you so much for joining us on Hard Facts. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. I'm glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much. Chief uh, Obofurebo, thank you for joining us on Hard Facts as well. 
A pleasure, Sandra. Now, we have the experts here, and we all know that a lot of people are afraid to give blood. So let me start by asking you to put those fears at ease, Dr. Demo. I want to start with you. Are there any dangers linked to donating blood? Um, as an expert in that field, mm-hmm. I do not know of any danger in blood donation. Mm. I am aware of a lot of benefits, health benefits, social benefits in blood donation. Mm. Okay, what are these benefits? Um, um, I, I must say that before an individual donate, mm. you get the benefit of having a routine health screen. Okay. You'll be asked questions about your health. Okay. Your weight and height will be taken. Okay. Your, your blood pressure will be taken. Okay. Quite a, num- quite a number of times you have identified some donors who have blood pressure when they come to donate okay. for the first time. And they will refer them appropriately. Hmm. Okay, so that is, they, they, they get the benefit of having a routine health screen hmm. when you donate blood. Hmm. And that is where the benefit starts from. Okay. And then when you donate blood, you only donate about 10% of your total blood volume. Okay. Okay, and that is replaced by nature, just by eating and drinking, okay, within a few days. Okay. And then you now get the health benefits of doing that regularly. Hmm. You donate blood regularly at four months interval. Mm-hmm. It keeps your bone marrow, which is the engine of the body that manufactures blood. It keeps them, it keeps it at optimal function. Oh, wow. Okay, because it's, it's used to replacing what is lost every four months. Hmm. So it, it becomes like a well-oiled machine or system. I see. Okay, rather than to a system that is not used to donating blood and is only used to just uh, providing for what that body immediately needs, it is sluggish, it is not challenged. So when it is eventually challenged, hmm. By next example, um, somebody has a low traffic accident and has lost blood, hmm. the recovery will be slower. Hmm. I have never been challenged in donating blood. Hmm. Hmm. Okay? okay? And that is some of the health benefits. And there are so many other health benefits that have been documented. It's okay. been researched and it's been documented. I it see. helps to lower cholesterol levels. Okay. And at the end of the day, it helps to prevent against cardiovascular disease when your cholesterol level is, is tests at the optimal level. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, it helps to... And then when people donate, they know that they've donated blood to save life. It, it gives them a psychological boost. And you know we have a lot of uh, mental issues, mental health issues, these days, depression, and so on. Mm. You get of having regular psychological boost hmm. when you know that you are contributed in saving life regularly at interval. Hmm. And without any adverse events, I mean, adverse events, yeah, effects to your body. Hmm. One of the also another health benefits that when you donate blood, 
Okay, you get the benefits of donating some iron. Mm. Okay, and we know that when you have excess iron in your body, it is toxic. Mm. Excess iron in the body, and you get iron from um, so many things that we eat, and so on. Every day that we eat, we, we, we get to introduce a minimum of about one milligram of iron into our system. Mm. Okay, but when you donate blood, you get to release some of this iron, and you don't get excess iron. And it's well documented by, and documented with research that uh, regular blood donation reduces your iron, excess iron level in the body, and that protects you against cardiovascular disease, stroke, and so on and so forth. All right. So a lot of good stuff I'm hearing here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the demand and supply side of this. I'm going to ask uh, Andy first, Chief of Bofuribo. Why do we need as many blood donations as we do? The WHO says you need one to two units of blood a year for every hundred people in a place. So say Lagos, for instance, with uh, 21 million or 26 million or 20 million, depending on who you're asking, needs about half a million units. Chief of will half a million people actually need blood in Lagos this year? Well, the the answer, the short answer is no, but the, the long answer is, but we still need that much blood. And the reason why it's pretty simple, uh, blood does not last when it's, when it's donated, uh, in the sense that we are, um, I'm sure the doctor will be able to give us more detail. Uh, you know, I defer to the, to the medical professional always, but you have... Um, different blood products when blood is taken. So you have um, red blood cells, you have platelets, and the one that we we use most often is red blood cells. And red blood cells only last for about 42 days if refrigerated. And so what often happens, so if I donate blood today, then six weeks from now, the red blood cells that I donated, even if you refrigerate them, you keep them, NEPA doesn't take light, and they are well preserved in the fridge for Mm -hmm. the in, in six weeks' time, for two days, mm. it will no longer be um, recommended for transfusion into another human being. It will have to be discarded. Mm. So now that means if I, if, so to re- to, then I have to replace it, you know, if I now am called upon to replace the blood I donated mm-hmm. uh, six weeks ago, I have to do it again, it will stay for another six weeks, and then six weeks. So if you count it, I will have to donate blood nine times mm. over the course of the year to just to keep that one unit of blood that I donated. Mm. So you see, that's why we, you know, it, it, it's just that, you know, it's just the nature of it. You know, it's life at the end of the day. You can't keep something on the shelf forever. It will expire. So we have to keep replacing it. That's why we end up with a much higher de- demand for um, um, for blood than, you know, would otherwise be the case. Than supply. The Lagos State Blood Transfusion Service says only 10% of blood is from volunteers. Uh, Chief of Oferibo, I'll ask you first, and then I'll ask uh, Dr. Adeyemo as well. Why are so few Lagosians willing to give blood? <laughs> well, uh, I think there are lots of reasons there. You know, it's a, it's a whole sociocultural issue. I think the very first reason is that people are afraid. Uh, you have a lot of fear around the idea. First of all, we have people who are just afraid of needles, just to start with. Like me. So whether it's for blood transfusion, <laughs> oh, you're scared of needles. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Whether it's for blood transfusion mm-hmm. or it's for injection or if it's for an IV drip, 
Some people are just afraid of needles. Mm. And so they say, ah, if I can't even, even ordinary injection to save my life, I don't want to do it. You're not the one that is voluntary. No, let me not go. Mm. So that one is there. But of course, the fear of needles is something that really is psychological. A needle doesn't care. So it's something that people can that um, people can get over. But a bigger fear, mm. people just have a fear of giving blood in general. Okay. So people are afraid for their life. Like um, the, the doctor pointed out, they only take at most ten percent of your uh, uh, of the blood in your body. Mm. You still have more than enough to keep you alive. But people here, ah, they are taking my blood <laughs> and. You know, it becomes like a, they feel like they are endangering their lives or their health, mm. which is not the case. So mm. that that's fear. Then you have also, a, you know, what they call what I've seen in my, when I was in the field. Sometimes a, you call it a religious or a spiritual fear okay. of giving blood. That you know, you know, some of our religions say blood is life. Some say blood is the spirit is in the blood, and so there is a, some fear or some concern that if I give them my blood, I'm giving them my destiny or my life force or any number of these issues. So that is also a fear that is not a rational one in the sense that we have people like I donate blood and so far nobody has taken my destiny that I know of. That fear is, is there. Then apart from that, apart from fear, so that's fear, that's one. Apart from fear, there is also... Um, a feeling of helplessness. Let me put it that way. Okay. There are a lot of people who, under normal circumstances, would want to give blood. Okay. They're not afraid. Okay. They know that it won't take their destiny. Mm-hmm. They know that they won't die. Okay. And they don't fear needles like you. Mm-hmm. But uh, they don't know where to go, for instance. Okay. They, they don't know, you know, where am I supposed to go to give blood? Um, or, it's, or even if they know, like, you know, sometimes you may want to do something, but you're only going to do it if somebody comes and reminds you mm. or puts it in your face. Mm. Otherwise, you just say, oh, yes, I'll get around to doing it one day. And you actually never get around to doing it. Mm-hmm. So that happens a lot. So a lot of times people don't know where to go. And if it's not convenient for them or in their faces, mm-hmm. they just don't go. So there's also that as well. Mm-hmm. Then there's a third category, apart from fear and apart from the helplessness, mm-hmm. there is also just the not knowing. So you have people who the, the need for blood has not been made known to them. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the serious the lack of... Yes, the necessity. The scarcity we have in our health sector for blood, these people are just not aware of it. They don't even know that it's a problem. They don't know that there are people who are dying because they didn't get blood. They just assume that the blood is there. It's hospital. You're supposed to have blood, yeah? Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it's taken. Oh, yeah, yeah now. Oh, yeah, all the people that they will give you blood. Mm. But forgetting that the blood has to come from someone. Mm. You know, um, we're, not, we're not yet there yet. We're manufacturing blood. Somebody has to come line up and roll up their sleeve and donate the blood. And we all assume that somebody else is doing it. Whether it's blood donation or any other thing, we always think eh, somebody else will take care of it. Mm. So a lot of times people don't even know the need. They don't know how desperate the situation is. And maybe if more people were aware, more people would be giving blood. Dr. Daimo, do you agree with the points that Chief Obofrebo has outlined? Did he leave anything out that you, you want to add? Do you disagree with the points that he's uh, uh, shared? Uh, 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 yes. Um, let me just add, in addition to the shelf health, shelf of the blood and blood product mm. that he talked about, mm-hmm. and why we need to have this uh, supply in, 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 
question, uh, uh, Dr. Deemo, we, we, we've talked about how safe and beneficial blood donation is. How come the public is not aware of this? Because if they were, were aware, they wouldn't be afraid, Doctor. Yes. So that is where, um, collaboration with um, the media, mm. okay, Plan, more advanced plan. Mm. Okay, you have 
institutions who have the responsibility of driving the blood donation requirements for their community. Okay. So you have the red cross, you have the red crescent. Okay, you have, for example, the UK, the National Blood and um, Cancer Plant, um, whatever. So they drive. So they do a lot of social campaigns and education. They are well funded. Okay, okay to do this. Okay, that is not their primary job. Their job is to convince the people, to educate the people, to ensure that one to three percent of their population is donating blood. Okay, okay, but we have such facilities and sources uh, yet in Nigeria. Hmm. Okay, uh, we definitely need the government to come in. I'm very happy. A few days ago, when I heard that the National Assembly is setting up a national blood transfusion. Commission. Okay, and the bill is going to is going to be read. Uh, we are, they are asking for memorandum for people to submit mem memorandums and so on, and it's going to be discussed. That may be a first step. We need a body whose primary duty, who is going to have the resources to educate the public okay, about donation, to donate, mm. so that we we get to ensure to commit. Mm. One to three percent of our population into regular blood donation. But until we do that, our health facilities will still have to depend on what we call the family replacement donors. Mm. Okay? So families of the patients. Yes, let well, me. The patients who need the blood will have, will have to, to donate. Uh, we're going to get to that uh, mandatory donation soon. But uh, Chief Oboforibo, the same question that I asked uh, um, Dr. Deemo. We've talked about how safe and beneficial blood donation is. How come the public is not aware of this, uh, um, Chief Oboforibo? Um, simply put, like Dr. Demo said, you you just first of all you don't have enough bodies who have made it their responsibility to go out there and educate the public and, and push it. Um like the doctor also said, you need media and government involved. Um, in my days in public health, we talk about MBCC, you know, uh, so when you're going out there, you know, behavioral and change and change conditioning because at the end of the day People will only do the right thing if they are introduced to it, if they are exposed to it. Um, people do, are not just born knowing the right thing to do. They're not just born knowing all the information. Mm. And we have behaviors in society that are not always, uh, you know, optimal. So, so say you were in charge. So say you were in charge, you, Chief Oboferibo, say you were in charge of uh, behavior change communication for the Lagos State Government to convince yes. people to give blood. What would you be doing? Okay, so a situation like this, you first of all, you use the institutions that already exist, right? Mm -hmm. Institutions that already have public trust. Okay. So in a, in a society like like Nigeria, mm -hmm. those institutions, we all know them, the people that, you, that if they tell you something, you will believe. Mm -hmm. Your places of worship, um, your, um, your, excuse me, your traditional institutions, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you know, even corporations, your, your, the company where you work. So government cannot talk to everybody at once, but government can talk to these institutions okay. and sit them down, sanitize them, educate them, and say, look, we have a serious blood donation um, um, shortage, mm. a deficit. Mm. And here, uh, here's the truth about blood donation. Mm. See how beneficial it is. Look at all the, uh, um, all the pluses. Mm. Zero, zero downside. Mm. If your people donate, it makes things better for everybody. Mm. Now, when you get those institutions on board, 
they can now sit their people down and talk to their people and say, look, this is something that you need to, to, um, to do. If you're not donating blood, you need to start donating. And it's one thing, sometimes people don't always trust the government. Okay. People hear something from the government and they don't always believe it. But there are some people who will trust their, their church, trust their pastor, some mm -hmm. who will trust their imam, some will trust their chief, mm -hmm. and some will listen when their HR or whoever in their company talks to them. Mm -hmm. Or for people who are listening to religious um, listeners of Hard Facts with Sandra is requesting Now, they are hearing you talking about blood donation. Maybe they are more inclined to do it than they would if it was just an officer from the Ministry of Health. Mm. So you have to spend that. The first thing you have to do, you have to get lots of stakeholders who already have public trust. You have to get them on board. You have to get them on side. Mm. Um, I, then you need these organizations who are willing to go and do the groundwork. Um, um, a story from my own past. Okay. Um, yes. So the first time I donated blood, was on um, September 12th, 2001, okay. the day after the September 11th attacks in the U.S. Okay. Now, I was a university student in the U.S. at the time. Okay. And so when the, the attacks took place on September 11th, we were all like on campus, afraid, confused, worried, and all of that. Mm. And then the very next day, the Red Cross was on our campus. Okay. And they set up kiosks all over the campus, and they said, um, people need blood. People are being brought out, and all of us, people need blood. Okay. And this is what you can do to help. You all feel helpless. You all don't know what to do. Mm. But this is what you can do for your country. Come and give blood. And the, the, the queues were massive. People were queuing up for hours to give blood. And I gave blood, too. And that was the first time I did it. And I, after that, I was saying to myself, why haven't I done this before? Mm. And why am I not doing this often? Because it took nothing out of me. After that, I, was, I went and I ate meat and I drank juice and I was fine. Mm. But I have just helped save a life somewhere. Mm. So you see, but that would not have happened if the Red Cross had not stormed my campus that day. Mm. So we need more of those kind of interventions. So if I was in charge of VCC, behavioral change communication in Lagos State for uh, you know for for improving or improving blood donation, these are the kind of things I would do. Or you can look at uh, the media, you can look at entertainment, for instance. Mm -hmm. You have so many medical shows, for instance, I want to use the United States as another example. Mm -hmm. You have so many medical shows. Mm -hmm. You know that in the mid-2000s, early and mid-2000s, uh, various stakeholders in the U.S. Mm -hmm. sat down and said, we need to make more people comfortable with the idea of organ donation. Mm -hmm. We need more people who are willing to sign off that if they die in an accident and they cannot be saved, mm -hmm. then their organs should be taken to give someone else, their heart, their liver, their kidneys, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so these groups, with the help of the Surgeon General, mm -hmm. approach various movie and, uh, movie and television producers in Hollywood mm -hmm. to say, can you make more stories about organ donation? Mm -hmm. And can you tell people what a noble and valiant thing it is to do. Hmm. You know, so these are the ways you do things. It's not always by forcing people. It's by appealing to hearts and minds. But you, can, but, but, but you both cannot be the only ones who know how to change people's minds about blood donation. Dr. Deyemo, why isn't the health sector doing more in terms of BB, BCC? Um... The health sectors are doing the best that they can 
within the with, with the available resources that they have. Okay. Um, for example, um, I know um, all health institutions do for things, what blood donors say, we do our celebration, we do a street walk, we march. And you actually need resources to do all that. Okay. We, we send our flyers on the benefits of drug donation mm-hmm. and so forth. But you need resources to put that together. Mm. And oftentimes these resources are not available. Mm. Okay, so we, we do the best that we can within the available resources. Okay. okay, if we are going to be a nation with sufficient blood supply, from mm. voluntary blood donors, Okay, not mandatory hmm. or family replacement donor. Then we are we will need to commit resources in mobilizing the population, hmm. educating the population. It's it's um we we get free free exposure during the World Blood Donors Day to come and talk on this TV hmm. or, or talk to or to that TV. But hmm. even then, when we organize drive of Christmas and public lecture. Mm-hmm. And we invite television stations, we are asked to pay. So most of the time, we have to go tap in hand to some institutions to to uh, to generate funds to celebrate our work done the North Day. So we are going to need to change that. Okay? And get to the people. And get this message across to the people. And not just the ones, the few ones that the institutions can get to a work done the North Day. But when we do our work on the nation's rights, we need to commit resources to it. Oh, but, the record, for example, is being so well advanced, okay. but they are well funded. It's funded. Mm. Yeah. But is it just down to funding, Chifobo Foribo? Is it just down to funding? Funding. Because we need the funds to even try the personnel. We do not have a lot of do not drive organizers in Nigeria. Hmm. Okay, then, Training. Hmm. They need to be trained. It's funding. We need to send people to institutions, even abroad, because we do not have so many here. They will need to be funded and supported. Uh, let me let me okay. come to let me come to Chief of with that question. Let me let me come to Chief of with that question. Is it down to just funding, Chief? Funding is definitely just funding. No, no, no. Oh, hold major, on, doctor. It is a, it yes. is a major constraint. Uh, okay, so a major constraint, the doctor says. Chief, do you agree? I agree. It's a, it's a major constraint. Um, it's, you, can't, you can't talk about this thing without talking about funding. And you have to talk about funding a lot. Mm. Because like the doctor said, you have to, like, you have to put boots on the ground. Mm. You have to like sensitizing people, engaging all those stakeholders like I was talking about. That means people going around. Mm. You, know, you need personnel. Let me give you a, a concrete example. Can you keep so it short? Because we need to take a quick break. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. River State, 23 local government areas. Mm-hmm. Do you know that in the entire River State, the Ministry of Health has only 30 members of staff to do BCC and behavioral change uh, and communication for all issues, blood donation, malaria, everything. 30 people for 23 local government areas. Mm-hmm. So you can see there's a constraint there, but there's all the other constraints. What are the other constraints? As quickly as you can. Um, the other constraints that are simply put, there's no will. People, the decision makers, especially in government, 
they have decided that, you know what, the hospitals will find a way. Hospitals will use family donations. Hospitals will use monetary donations. The blood that they are looking for, they will find a way to find it. Let us put the money into other things. Okay. Let me take calls. 0127709993. I'm sorry. We're not using those numbers anymore. It's going to take a while. I, I said those numbers for a whole year, so it'll take a while to stop saying those numbers. We have one new simple number now. 0700 Dr. Ademo, I will ask that you please stay on the line with us, as well as Chief Oboforibo. Dr. Ademo is a consultant in the hematology and blood transfusion Fusion Department of the Lagos University Teaching Hospital, Luz. We also have uh, Chief Oboforibo, Chief Andy Oboforibo, who has spent over a decade in public health as a monitoring and evaluation consultant for the World Bank. You're listening to Hard Facts. We're talking blood donation. Should family members be required to donate blood for hospitalized patients? That's where we're going next with the conversation. Hard, hard Facts will be right back. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, back to Hard Facts. Hard Facts. And here we are on Hard Facts. It's 26 minutes to 6. I am Sandra Ezekwasili. Our number again is 0700-993-993-993. Send us a WhatsApp message, 080-959-75805. Today, we are having a conversation uh, about blood donation. Last week, the High Court said hospitals should stop demanding these donations. A lot of Lagosians praised the court, but others said, especially medical personnel, they said that we have a serious blood shortage already and now this ban will make it worse. And I share today's big hard fact with you. Lagos needs between 260,000 and 520,000 units of blood a year but only gets 100,000 units. This is according to the Lagos State Blood Transfusion Service, LSBTS. That means that at best, we have less than half of the blood that we need, but it's probably closer to 20%. And here's an even bigger uh, 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 fact. Of those 100,000 units, only about 10% came from volunteers. So that tells you that not enough Lagosians are giving blood. And so I'm asking you, who is my listener? Do you donate blood voluntarily? Why do you? Why do you not? Have you ever had to donate because a loved one needed a medical procedure? Since there's a shortage of freely donated blood, how should hospitals get the blood that they need to save lives? We've got our first call from Festac, and that's Austin. Hello, Austin. Thanks for calling us. Austin, hi. Thanks for calling. Yes. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, all right. Um, I... Oh, I hate it when that happens. Hello, sir. What's your name? That's also gone. Hello. 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 Good evening. Good evening. What's your name, sir? My name is Okechuku. Okay, Chiku, welcome. Thank you. I want to ask questions. Go ahead. The doctor there can explain to me. Okay. Uh, um, somebody who is a uh, 64 years old, can he donate blood? Somebody who's how old? 64? 64 years. 5-4 or 6-4? 6-4. All right, doctor, yeah. can a 64 year old donate blood? Yeah, the, uh, the age range 
Acceptance for donation is between 18 and 65. 65. Mm, yeah. Okay. okay. So, oh, yes, you can donate. Thank you. All right. Thank you for calling to ask that. Let's uh, talk to Emmanuel. Everybody that is donating blood. Good. Good evening. It is the responsibility of the blood donation center to mm. ensure that the blood donation is going to be safe for this donor. Safe for the donor. Yeah, that's why you do the routine health check. Okay. All right. Ho hold that thought. Ho hold that thought. We, we have a few calls on the line. Hold that thought. Let's talk to Emmanuel and then okay. you'll make the point. Emmanuel, go ahead. Okay. Good evening. My name is Emmanuel. Yes, go ahead. I'm calling you from uh, Ajab to be precise. Okay. We, the youth, I'm speaking for myself. Uh, mm. Okay. Honestly, I really want to donate blood. Okay. But how am I sure that the blood I'm donating is not being sold out for another person? Okay. That is one question. Okay. Secondly, if you get to the hospital now, are there different, let me just say, let me call them the, the, the banks. Uh, are there different posts where you guess this one is showing, this one is for free, free donation, it's not to be sold, and this one, maybe they bought the blood to be sold. Okay. How would they differentiate this blood? Okay. All right. Then, the, my last question now is, can a stressed human being donate blood? Because negotiators are all stressed out. You <laughs> see, I'm just tired. It's not that I cannot do this thing. Uh. It's not that I cannot do this thing, but if you take, after the traffic and every bottle and also you come and donate blood, uh. are you sure that blood is still clean? <laughs> okay, all right, Emmanuel. You don't need to laugh. Thanks for calling me, Emmanuel. Doctor, let me let you answer that question. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Demo. Okay, um, I, I really didn't get some of his questions. All right, so his first, so... Question, his first question was, if I donate this blood, how am I sure it will not be sold? His second question was, when I get to the hospital, are there parts where you can donate for free blood or you can donate the one that will be sold? And question number three, can a stressed-out person donate? Because as a Lagosian, you're dealing with all kinds of stress. So after that stress, and you come and still donate blood on top, is that blood clean? These are the questions that Emmanuel had. Okay. Um, okay, just, just to complete my last statement from the first um, caller. Yes, go ahead. For every donation, the blood has ensured that the blood donation is, is going to be safe for the donor. Hmm. So you do everything else. Okay. So if they think collecting blood from you is going to give you any form of harm, okay. you are not going to be. So everybody gets checked. Hmm. Before they are donated, yes, they are allowed to donate. Okay. Now, how do, you, how do we ensure that your blood, the blood is not sold? Hmm. Uh, let me let me just give this scenario. If every if if everybody is donating blood freely, hmm. and the blood bank is is stored is well stocked with blood. Okay. Okay. There is usually racketeering, selling, and buying where you have capacity. Hmm. Where you do not have enough. Hmm. That, that is where you now have racketeering, buying, and selling coming into it. Hmm. But if blood is available at all our hospitals, hmm. who is going to buy and who is going to sell? They are not going to have a demand 
You're not going to have a buyer coming in to give it to who? It's available in all hospitals. Okay? So you have no buying and no selling. So basically, because of the shortages we have in the hospital. Hmm. So it's going to be given to the IS, for example, the ISD. Okay. So okay. Can, a, can a stressed person give blood? A person okay. who is. The only way we can ensure that hmm. they Ah, that's quite unfortunate. Okay. All right, quite unfortunate there. Uh, Chief of Buffer, you're still on the line? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, unfortunately, we've lost the connection to uh, uh, Dr. Adeyemo. We're going to try and uh, get her back on the line. But let me take a few calls while we're trying to get her back. Hello. Hello. Hello? Okay, that person's not there. Let me talk to you now. Kayate, hello. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, friends, I must commend all that you are doing for informing, informing and educating the masses of this issue. Um, it's a very interesting topic, and I want to say that uh, by the nature of my profession, I'm a medical doctor. Okay. We, we, we have what, is called, what I call irrational use of blood okay. in this country. Okay. What do I mean by that? Irrational example, use of blood, you said. Yes. Okay. If you have a pint of blood, there are patients that will require just the um, platelet concentrate. There are patients that require just plasma. There are, there are patients that require just white cells. You know, so you can break blood down into different fragments. Hmm. And one pint of blood can serve two or three patients, depending on their needs. Wow. But because you don't have that technology in Nigeria, you just find that if somebody needs, if he requires... Uh, platelet, you give him a whole blood. If you require plasma, you give him whole blood. So this also increases the amount of blood that is necessary. Hmm. Yeah, so, but what can be done about that, Dr. Kayode? Yeah, I, I think that the government needs to put in place the technology that fragments blood into different components hmm. so that the specific needs of a, person, of a patient will be met. Hmm. You don't need to use a whole blood for somebody that just requires a platelet, platelet uh, transfusion alone. Hmm. If somebody requires plasma, transfusion of plasma, mm-hmm. then you get plasma transfusion. Hmm. You don't need you can use the remaining components of that plasma uh, for another person. Ah, I see. All right, let me talk to Ralph. Doctor, thanks for calling us. Hello, hello Ralph. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Okay, on my own part, I donated blood several times, privately twice in a year. Oh, nice. And it's a very, very good thing. I'm just so surprised that government can make that kind of law. So, which is now ideal. They need to sensitize the public on importance of blood donation. No, well, the law is to get um, hospitals to stop mandating people to donate before they attend to their sick relatives. Uh, no, on my own case, most cases they don't really mandate. At times, they give people options to go and buy. Okay. So, not that they are, you can buy, you can donate. Okay. So, it's either of the two. But mm. it's very good. Like, for my own part, mm. I met a medical personnel. I was told the important. For instance, you know your HIV status, you know you have a type B. So, I, I did donate twice a year. Oh. So, you need to 
Thank you for doing that, Rahuf. And thanks for calling us to share that story. You know, this brings me to uh, the next uh, batch of questions that I have. Doctor, this policy where uh, the court had to step in and rule that hospitals need to stop mandating people uh, to donate blood, how did it come about? And what kind of hospitals required it before this court ruling? Dr. Demo. Well, I am aware that um, an NGO, okay, Serap, yes. the issue of mm-hmm. and so the government of. But what I will say for now is that this judgment mm. or, or this decision to take this matter to court mm-hmm. is um, maybe a bit too accepted. We are not yet there. Nigeria is not it's not it's not yet a voluntary blood donating country. Okay. It's not a category A. No countries are categorized into A, B, C, depending on where you source your blood from. Countries that are categorized as A are the countries where you have hundred percent of their blood supply from voluntary donors. Hmm. Nigeria is even not classified. Okay, because we have less than ten percent of our blood supply from voluntary blood donors. Hmm. Okay, so this government and this this issue being taken to court, mm. as uh, as from my own perspective, is a bit too hasty okay. for a country that is not classified. That for now has no other source of blood supply. Okay, yes, I have an opinion, a different opinion in making it mandatory before you seek care, okay. and I don't think our hospitals are doing that. Okay. okay, for example, in my hospital, if you come to the Lagos University City Hospital to the emergency, mm-hmm. even if you need. 20 units of blood, you are going to get 20 units of blood for your emergency. Okay. But we require that once you are aware, please replace the blood so that the next emergency can be started. Hmm. So we, we now ask or request that they replace, that's why we call them family replacement donor. Hmm. So get your family members, get your church members, let's speak to them, let them come and donate to replace the blood because another emergency is going to come. Hmm. And when the emergency comes, that is not the time to go and start looking for blood. Hmm. When a woman delivers and the uterus refuses to contract and goes into postpartum hemorrhage, you do not have time. You have less than 30 minutes or there about to save that woman's life. That is not the time to go and start looking for blood. Hmm. That is why there are multi blood in the blood bank. But but I want to ask about the ethical issues here, Doctor. It's it's against medical ethics to deny treatment to a dying patient. Like what first time I talked about this, Doctor, um a lot of people called in with their own stories. Hello, uh uh Chief of Hello? Hello? Can you both hear me? Chief Obofferbo, can you hear me? Okay, so I'm guessing the connection to him um, 
has ended. All right. So, yeah, but back to you, Dr. Ademo. Um, some of the people who called in while we talked about this, the first time we did last week, said that some of them were denied treatment because they did not donate blood. And I have to ask about the ethical questions there. It's against medical ethics to deny treatment to a dying patient. So isn't it a violation of ethics to tell them that Unless their yes, spouse or relative donates blood, there will be no treatment. It should be very unethical hmm. to deny a patient in the emergency situation any form of treatment that they require because hmm. they've not donated blood. And that's why I said, if you come to the emergency, the most hospitals they choose it apart from you, and they don't take hospitals too, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. With an emergency, you will be treated. They're not going to insist, okay, let the woman continue to bleed them or donate blood. Nobody does that, really. Hmm. Okay? Let's see the situation. For example, you need to do a surgery. You, the surgery is planned for three months. Mm-hmm. These are requirements for that your surgery. Mm-hmm. A part of that requirement also includes you need to do this two pints of blood because you are going to need two pints of blood for the surgery. Hmm. Okay, so if you don't get all the requirements, just like you need to get all your drugs, mm-hmm. just like you need to pay hospital bills, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like you need to do the two units donation, mm-hmm. you are giving time to plan for that surgery. Or you are giving time to plan for that treatment. You'll be expected to meet up Okay, without requirement, which also includes blood donation. Because the hospital does not have the blood to give you. Okay, let's because take a... Let, Okay, let's take a few more calls while we get uh, Dr. Buffer back on the line. Hello. Hello. But he may be expected to replace it. At least that is still the practice for now until we become a volunteer donation nation. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, we've got messages via WhatsApp. We'll take a look at some of those messages on WhatsApp and then try and get our second guest back on the line, even though we have about two minutes to uh, the end of the show. Now, on WhatsApp, we've got a message from several people, but you two can send yours in. Our WhatsApp is uh, uh, 080-959-75805. Emmanuel Lakunle says, I once tried to give my blood and I was told that nobody will come for it because it's a rare type of blood, so I never went back to donate. I don't know what that means, a rare type of blood. Um, yes, there are, there okay. are some people who have rare blood groups. Okay. Okay, let's say, for example, somebody is AB negative. That's a very rare blood group. Less than one percent of the population have that blood group. Okay. But what we do is that in a good blood transfusion study, mm. that the individual's whole number and contact details mm. will be collected. Ah, for whenever somebody so else is in that situation. Why do you have a patient mm-hmm. who fits into that category mm-hmm. that gives donor 
Okay. Now on WhatsApp we also have Henry. Henry Henry's from Igondo uh, uh, and says something. Some things are not clear to people. For example, my wife registered with a general hospital for antenatal. I was asked to donate blood in case of any eventuality like CS. I did the test. I donated blood during my wife's delivery. It was CS, and I was asked to pay for the testing again, seven thousand. And at the end, no blood was used. It was painful and um he thinks that the hospitals should be transparent with the public doctor what could be happening there do you think in a situation like that what could be happening there um well i don't know the operations of the general hospital um that he's talking about okay. but what i am aware is that practice is that you um the husband is asked to donate blood Hmm. It's not all pregnant women that is going to need that blood. So the majority of them are not going to need it. But I can tell you, when one of them needs it, he may need more than 20 blood units to save the life of that woman. And we see that all the time. Okay? If you and everything goes well, and then you have one that is so... Um, that has a complication, and then you need to give tens of units of blood. So that means you need to you need donations from twenty people or more. Mm. So that is where we use it to balance each other. So if ten pregnant women's husbands have donated, mm-hmm. nine of them are not going to use it, but that one that is going to use it is going to use for the rest of them. Okay. Okay. That is what that is how a blood transition system works. Okay. 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 Um, in my office, we don't require that you pay for a blood unit that you did not use. That's okay. at loose. So if the person that eventually uses that blood unit, mm-hmm. I will pay for the screening of that blood unit. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me take a final thought from uh, uh, Chief Obofuri. But what do you think about mandatory uh, uh, donations? Now, we've got three minutes left on the show, and I w- I'd like you to give the answer in one minute. Chief Obofuri? Okay. So I'm guessing the connection isn't working either. Okay. Uh, Dr. Daimo, I'd like to ask you one final question. Does the Lagos University Teaching Hospital have any program to look for donors? Yes. In fact, we have a blood donation unit. Okay. Blood donor recruitment unit. Okay. Okay. Passed by four members. Okay. And they go out, they go to churches, they go to mosques, they go to companies. They've been asked today, for example. Hmm. Okay to get as many units as they can to stop the men what you get from this family replacement donation. Okay. Because what they get, as I said, because we are still only a voluntary blood donation country, mm-hmm. okay, we are still not getting enough mm-hmm. to meet our demand, mm-hmm. so it has to be supplemented with what we get from the family replacement donation. Where can we find this place? If people just go to Luth, they'll ask for this center and they'll be directed, yes? Yeah, they just ask for the blood, blood bank, okay. and blood donor clinic. Okay. okay. And they'll meet the voluntary blood donor requirement, uh, blood recruitment unit. Okay. okay. Now, we're going to have this conversation again because there are... 
Yes. So so um, we'll have this conversation again because we didn't have the time to get into all of the details. And Lagos is trying so hard to call into the show. Unfortunately, we've just we've got just one hour to work with here. Uh, but uh, we will have this conversation again, and then we will take all your thoughts and all your concerns and all your questions. Dr. Demo, thank you so much for your time, Ma. All right. And that's it for Hard Facts today. We started off uh, with the big three where we brought you your daily update on COVID-19. We told you the federal government will slash the budget as oil prices crash. We also told you that uh, a Nigerian footballer in the Nigerian Premier League dropped dead during a match. On the big hard fact, we just talked about blood donation, a conversation we will have again. I am Sandra Ezekwesli on all of my social media. Talk to me online. Until tomorrow at 3 when the show comes back, those are your hard facts, Lagos. Good night.